Well, uh, let me ask you a question and would love for you at home, if you'd put it in the chat box, your, your answer, and, and for those of you in the room, maybe you could just turn to each other and share. But if you were um, about to go buy a car and you wanted to ask someone for advice, what is the number one quality that you would look for in the personal advisor? Would it be, choose one of these three. Would it be experience? Someone who's experienced in buying cars. Uh, education, maybe someone who has, knows cars and studied cars and studied deals and all that kind of thing. Or relationship, somebody who's close to you. So just take a moment, uh, put it in the chat box. Which one uh, do you prefer if you could only choose one in the room? Go ahead and uh, tell each other. So Brian, what would you... Uh... Education. Education, someone who's looked into it and they know what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I don't. Relationship, okay. Experience, yeah. Okay, in the room here, we've had almost all three, I think. Uh, some experience, some education, some uh, relationship. Well, blessed are those people who have in their lives uh, someone who has uh, both experience, or, or all three, uh, that someone who's close to them, they have experience in uh, a life issue like buying a car or buying a home, and also uh, education. Now, let's take another question for a spin around uh, the proverbial block. Do you learn best through trial and error or by gathering information and applying it? Okay, so put that one in the chat room too. Do you learn best by trial and error or by you know, studying, analyzing, and then applying? How about, how about in the room here? You guys uh, online put it uh, in the YouTube block. Trial and error. <laughs> well, <laughs> trial and error. Gathering information, Brian. I want to say the latter, but uh, might, might be the first one. Yeah. Okay. So we have uh, all sorts uh, also represented in the room here. Let's face it. Uh, some of us learn better through trial and error, and some of us aren't great at reading the manuals and following instructions, but we may be really good at analyzing a situation on the fly and then making quick adjustments. And then others of us are really good at learning through study and instructions that, and then methodically practicing what we learned, but sometimes those folks struggle to step out and take action on what they've learned and, and take risk. For the most part, I am in the trial and error category as well and have been since I was a teenager. You know, for example... I remember reading about the traffic rules and signs in order to qualify for my driver's license, but it was only after I received two tickets and got grounded from using the car in my first week that I realized those rules are there for a reason. Well, today we continue our series uh, at Jesus, following the way of Jesus. And in this series, we're taking a look at those times when Jesus gave, for lack of a better term, an ultimatum or a demand or a command uh, to his disciples. So, for example, we've looked at his, his, his statement that we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. We looked at his statement that we must repent in order to be part of his life. We looked at his invitational challenge that we can come to him uh, with our burdens and our weariness and then we can take on his way. We learned that if we remain in him, that is the only way we can bear fruit for his work in the world. And last week we looked at this, this 
radical demand he made that we need to love him more than anybody, including our family. And when we love him more, we are then able to love others completely. These words are from Jesus. These words from Jesus are words that bring us life and they give us life. And yet, for them to come alive, we have to not only study God's word, we not only need to know what Jesus is saying, but we need to develop the practice of listening for the voice of God so that we can apply what we learn. And why wouldn't we listen to Jesus? When we just surveyed the type of people uh, we would listen to when doing something like buying a car, why wouldn't we listen to Jesus when it comes to pursuing the life that God wants for us? He comes to us with experience as we know that He faced everything that we face. He comes to us with knowledge as He is the truth. He is God's Word in the flesh. And He comes to us in relationship. He loves you more than you can ever imagine being loved. And His teachings are for all kinds of learners. I love this. For those of us who are trial and error, He comes to us and He redeems our failures and helps us learn. For those who are more analytical and methodical, He brings order to our thoughts and He gives us the courage to to step out and take risk. And if that's not reason enough to listen to Jesus, another reason is God told us to. God told us to. And He told us through, by extension, because He told Peter, James, and John. And He told them in one of the most extraordinary moments in the life of Jesus. So if you have your Bible, uh, turn or launch it to Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 8. Mark chapter 9, uh, verses 2 through 8. And it reads like this. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with Him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There He was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. What I want us to to do from this mountaintop experience is to actually go from the mountaintop to learning some very practical everyday lessons on what it means to listen for and listen to the voice of Jesus in our lives. But first, let's savor this moment for Jesus. Think about one of the most pivotal and affirming moments in your life. A major promotion, a career change, a graduation. Of course, we would also want to list our baptism and our first communion. Now, if you can imagine, elevate that. And this is what was going on in the life of Jesus here. Just before this passage, we learn that Jesus confessed, Peter, excuse me, Peter confessed Jesus as the Messiah. And it was not just any old confession. Jesus told Peter that the the reason why he was able to make this confession is that God had revealed it to him. Uh, We find that in another more detailed account of the version, that God had actually said to Peter, 
this is the Lord. This is my anointed one. And Peter listened, and then he confessed Jesus. In Mark's account, Jesus then takes Jesus then issues a challenge of what it means to be a disciple, and he invited Peter, James, and John to go mountain climbing, and so they go. And they head up uh, for this incredible moment. And then this incredible, mysterious moment happened after they had climbed the mountain for some time. As he was there, his appearance began to change. Uh, this is called the transfiguration simply because he changed forms. His clothes became dazzling white, and Mark, who is not known for using more of his share of words, tells us that they were whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Did you read that and just sort of grin for a moment? I mean, right there in the pages of Scripture, it's like a laundry commercial or something. And seriously, what Mark is telling us, though, is not anything that, that this was not anything that could happen by natural means, that no matter how hard you try to, to make something uh, white or clean or bleached, if you will, this was something even beyond that. Jesus, for that moment, was appearing in His divine form. He who was with God in the beginning, He who left the throne of heaven to be born in a barn and laid in a feeding trough for animals. He who had no place to lay his head. He who humbled himself fully and completely for our sake in that moment took on his spectacular, dazzling, divine nature. And he did it in front of his followers. God did it for him in front of his followers. And then, oh my, then two of the greatest figures in Israel's history, Moses and Elijah. Moses, the giver of the law, Elijah, the great prophet, appeared with Jesus. And they talked with him. What an amazing moment. And then Peter made a move. Peter broke the moment. He needed to build something. Classic guy, right? The dump, the dump, the dump. Here's this thing happening. Let me go get my toolbox. I love the parenthetical statement Mark gave us here. He didn't know what to say because they were so afraid. In other words, what Mark was saying is, Peter, bless his heart. He, he, he just didn't get this. Then in that moment, a divine rebuke, right? In that blessed, sacred moment when heaven was breaking the veil and invading earth in a most dazzling way, a cloud covered them, and out of the cloud comes the voice of God. This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to Him. This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to Him. In this incredible moment, Jesus was affirmed to His disciples by His Father. And that would no doubt strengthen their faith and the faith of the rest of the disciples as they would carry out his mission. They saw the glory of Jesus. And it would be a glory that they would one day eventually share. Let's step back and just hold this moment in awe. Let's step back and recognize how God affirmed our Lord in that moment. And let's also learn a few practical listening 
lessons on how we can turn our hearts to hear the voice of Jesus. So let me offer three very practical listening lessons from this passage. The first one is this. Establish a special listening place. Establish a special listening place. Throughout the Gospels, we find that Jesus established this fascinating routine. He engages everyday life and meets people right where they are. We find Him teaching from the mountainside to the temple. He heals people in the marketplace and in their homes. He shows up at wedding and funerals. But yet, in the middle of all this activity, we also find that He would pull away constantly to listen for the voice of the Father. After John the Baptist was executed, he withdrew by boat to a solitary place. He withdrew to the Garden of Gethsemane and pulled away from the disciples. And he listened for the voice of God. And God told him to continue to march to the cross. Luke simply tells us that he frequently withdrew to lonely and solitary places to pray. On this occasion, he went up Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon rises to 9,200 feet and is snow-capped all year round. Imagine the dazzling way Jesus must have looked in all His glory with, on a snow-capped mountain like that. Do you have a special place where you listen for the voice of God on a daily basis? Do you have that special place? Let's drill down for a moment. Find a place, a physical place, in your daily routine for prayer and study. Maybe some of you already have a place. And matter of fact, if you have a place, why don't you just list in, in the chat room what that place is for you? Where in your home can you go if you don't have that place? We're spending so much time at home these days. Let's make sure we set aside time and a, uh, excuse me, a place to go listen for the Lord. I read an article once about men and their need, their need actually, uh, those who, who study uh, men's issues, their need for a cave within the home. These caves are places their wives have allowed them to have all of themselves so they can put things up on the wall like posters of sports team or, or fish that otherwise belong on a plate or in the water. But it said men just need a place to call their own. Well, I think we all need prayer caves. We all need that place we can go in our home, and listen for the voice of God. Also, set aside a time. A time when you can step out of your daily routine for an extended time with the Lord. Jesus went up to a high place, and let's think about this for a moment. It took a while to get there. As he was climbing, no doubt he was decompressing from the routine, and no doubt God was using that climb from the mountain to prepare him for that incredible moment. And this requires that we prioritize extended time with God and that we're intentional. You know, it's interesting. I, I hear people from time to time talk about they have use or lose vacation. And so they're just going to just burn it off. Well, why don't you actually take that time and go on an extended retreat to hear and listen for the Lord? Let me encourage you, if you have a, a significant life issue and you're looking for the Lord's guidance, Dedicate and invest special time, extended time to pull away and to discern and listen for the Lord. Don't waste that time. If you do, and if you'd like 
to go on a, a dedicated retreat, please see me. I'll be glad to give you a retreat guide that can help you hear even in a different way for the voice of the Lord. And let me hit the pause button for a second and say thank you. I've been blessed by our leadership here with the opportunity to take uh, what we call spiritual capital retreat from time to time. It's really important to be able to pull away and hear from the voice of the Lord. This is a routine I've established throughout uh, my ministry, and I don't think I could, could uh, serve you well without those opportunities. And let me just encourage you to do the same. The, the second very practical thing here, oh, before I move on from that, that time and that place in your home, spend some time this week and consecrate and dedicate that place to the Lord. It might be a, a, a small chair in a small corner of a room. It might be a special room. It might be a porch or a deck. Wherever it is, spend some time this week and say, God, I give you this. I give you this space. This is the space where I'm going to go in my daily routine to listen for your voice in my life. Let me encourage you to do that. Second, establish a personal counselor of advisors. During this incredible moment for Jesus, two of the great figures of the faith, faith Moses and Elijah, appeared with him. This is one of those moments when I just wish I could have been there. I just wish I could have been there to hear what they said. I so hope, I say this all the time, God shows reruns in heaven because I'll watch them. I want to see this one. I want all the details. Having Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus would be like a, a composer having Beethoven and Mozart appear with him or her. Now, let's take 30 seconds, if you will, and let's use our biblical imaginations for a moment. What do you think Elijah and Moses said to Jesus? Uh, if you will, put that in uh, the chat room on YouTube. And I'm going to ask Brian to read them uh, after our closing prayer and before our Q&A time. But use your imagination. What do you think they said to Jesus? Because Mark is very clear. They were talking with him. Luke later tells us they were talking about Jesus' departure. I don't know. Maybe they were encouraging him. I can just imagine Moses looking at Jesus and saying, in you, the law, the law that I came down the mountain with has been fulfilled. Or maybe Elijah might have said something like, you are the very Word of God. You know, Elijah spoke for God to the people. Maybe Elijah tells him, you are God's Word. Now run the race and say, of course, we don't know, but it would be very interesting to hear what you think. Jesus had His council of advisors. Let me ask you, to whom do you turn as your council of advisors? Do you have a pack? No, not a political action committee, but a personal advisory council that will help you hear and apply the Word of God. That will help you listen and do. In the life of the disciple, there are what's considered four relational spaces. Intimate space involves two to four close friends with whom we are most vulnerable. They're those people we can say, you know, I, I, I blew it this week. 
or I really struggled with this temptation this day. Then there's personal space. It's the five to 12 people with whom we grow. And then there's social space, what the New Testament calls the oikos or the household. Those are 20 to 50 folks that, that we do life with. And then there's public space, which involves 70 more people in the neighborhood. And disciples of Jesus need all four spaces in order to grow. Well, the personal advisory council is really that intimate space. Those two to three people with whom you can be vulnerable. You know, a lot of times we don't apply the lessons we learn because we're not willing or we're too afraid to be vulnerable with others. And sadly, this can be the case in the church. We're worried that people may not like us when they know us, right? But it takes close relationships and it takes trust with people who like you no matter what they know. And that's how we grow in the faith. Third, listen, then take action. If you ask who my favorite biblical personality is other than Jesus, I would have to say Peter. He was quick to action. He had bold faith. He was almost always first to chime in. He did speak and then think later. His desire to build a shelter was a gesture of honor, but it was not needed. And again, I just love that parenthetical statement. He just had to say something because he was afraid. Have you ever met people who talked even when they didn't have anything to say? That's Peter. Then God's voice comes in and tells them that Jesus is his. That he loves him. And they should listen to him. Now, I don't know if we can grasp the weight of that moment. In the, that world, God's voice would have been equated with thunder power and might but instead God says this is my boy and I love him listen so we must listen first as we've been talking about then we must act then we must act have you heard the old saying don't just stand there do something well in listening for the voice of God we would do well to hear first then take action Listen for God when you have a big decision. Rest on it. Rest on it, but then act. And, and by the way, if it's a choice between two good and, and godly options, don't be surprised if God lets you choose the path you should take. He will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes if you have two options and they're both good, God may say you choose. Just like parents give their children more freedom to make decisions as we spiritually mature god gives us more freedom to make decisions as long as they're two good choices listen for the voice of god when you've been hurt or disappointed wait for the lord to direct your response dive into the pages of scripture to see what god has to say about handling hurts and disappointments and then act you know often when we've been hurt by somebody else and we don't listen for the voice of god first we get ourselves in in even more trouble, right? But if we're hurt and we listen in the pages of Scripture to forgive and to love and to show mercy and not to seek vengeance, then we bring a situation to healing. Listen for God when you failed. Yes, God even speaks in our failures and in our pain. Allow Him to heal you and redeem your failure. Listen in all of these ways, but then act. But then act. 
Take that step of faith. Offer that word of forgiveness or mercy. Go to that place of repentance. Peter wanted to dwell in that moment. He didn't want it to end. But as soon as it happened, it ended. And it was time for Jesus to move forward in His mission. Let's hear this word today. Let's listen. Peter thought the way to honor Jesus was to dwell there. To stay in church, if you will. And to build the shelter. But God said the way to honor Him is to obey Him. Join Him in His work. Listen to Him. And do what He says. It is so tempting to want to stay in the high and holy moments. It is so tempting to limit our faith to our worship experiences. But to honor Jesus is to move us to serve and to work for Him. It is to tell others about His goodness in word and in deed. So that's the word from Jesus today. Listen to Jesus. You can trust Him. He wants the best for your life. He has the experience. He has the knowledge. And He loves you more than you ever ever imagined you could be loved. Amen.